Welcome to another episode of the Spoon Mob Podcast. This week is another mini update episode with sommelier Greg Stokes returning to the podcast to chat about taking on the bottle shop. So he purchased the bottle shop here a few months ago. Um, It was announced. They've been doing some minor tweaks and updates, mostly to kind of different systems. And there hasn't really been anything like a giant uh, facelift to the property or anything like that. It's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that you probably won't really notice. And we get into it here on this episode, but it was up for sale. There was some stuff that was going on with the previous owner and employees and everything. It's a really eclectic place too as well. So it's right off of King Ave, which is just kind of south of the Ohio State campus there, kind of King Ave, Neil Ave area. It's got a really loyal following, a really loyal fan base. So there's like a local element to it as well. But then people do come from other neighborhoods just to check out kind of and sit on the patio. And they always kind of have a food truck there. So it's been kind of a stalwart in the Columbus scene for a number of years, kind of like a fan favorite. And the opportunity came for Greg to purchase it. So he did. And now he's the owner of the bottle shop and also obviously Accent Wine, which we chatted about a little bit before when he was previously on the podcast and, and get into it a little bit here too as well with how that's going. So if you haven't been to either property, make sure to check them out. There are two different concepts. Accent Wine is strictly wine focused and it's focusing on different kind of purveyors, I would say. You know, they have a little bit of a tasting room there. They do tasting classes at the Citizens Trust too as well. There's a blind tasting at home component that uh, he partnered up with uh, Kendi Warden over at the Grape Grind. You can find all that stuff on their website. And then the bottle shop, it has a different selection, I would say. I mean, they still have some high-end stuff, but a little bit lower overall in price point. And then also they have a bunch of beer too as well. Beer coolers kind of running the, the length of the one wall and kind of the back too. There's also kind of the bartender component. So, you know, once they open, you can have a drink there at the bar. They do some events and stuff like that too as well. There's the patio outside that people really enjoy. You know, you can buy a bottle inside and drink it outside. It's a really cool concept. They are two kind of different things. So if you've been to one and you're like, oh, why would I go to the other one? Completely different. So you want to make sure you check out both of them. You can follow them on Instagram. So you can follow Greg at Sebasom, but you can also follow at Accent Wine is the account for Accent and then also at the Bottle Shop Columbus for the Bottle Shop there. You can follow us on Instagram or at Spoon Mob. We're on all the other social media platforms, but primarily we use Instagram for updates and posting photos and everything. Make sure to check out our website. We put all the photos up there on the website first, and then they eventually make their way to Instagram on different posts that we do. But we have a running list of anything from wine photos to different business photos to stuff that we've gotten from bakeries and stuff like that, that we've put up there, uh, different food photos from different menus, whether they're kind of pop-up dinners or month-long seasonal things or special menus. Put all the photos up there and you can find all that stuff. There's links to all the episodes um, so you can click through whoever the guest is, see how many episodes they've been on. There's links, direct links to all that stuff. We also keep their profile updated too as well. So if anything happens new with their career, they open a new business, whatever. Since they've last been on, we keep that updated just below the links to the episode on their page. You can also you know, hit the contact portal on one of the main pages there, write in questions, comments, feedback. If you have a question that you ever thought about wanting to have a chef or a SOM or a restaurant owner or somebody in the hospitality industry answer, go ahead, write that in. We'll get it kind of earmarked and integrated into kind of the best upcoming episode, whoever the guest kind of fits that question the best. And then you're kind of part of the podcast and then we'll hit you back up what episode that's going to be and when it's going to come out. So you can uh, make sure to check it out, kind of hear the answer to your question that you wrote in. But I appreciate everybody who's been writing in so far. Um, It's great to see everybody kind of engage and be willing to submit stuff and 
and we can kind of incorporate it. And then also recommendations, um, people recommending stuff to me, or they're asking for my recommendation because they're going on a trip or whatever. So it's always great to see that stuff. Usually takes us a day or two to get back to you, but we get back to everybody who sends a message in. Also make sure to follow, subscribe to the podcast, whatever platform you use. Spotify, Apple are the two big ones. Pretty much if you have an iPhone, you're going to use Apple. Some people still use Spotify. And then if you have an Android, there's a bunch of different apps, everything from Google Podcasts to Stitcher, Audible, Amazon Music, a whole bunch of different smaller things like Pocket Cast and Podcast Republic and a bunch of different sites have their own players too as well. We're on all that stuff. You can find us on everything. Um, just either go into that app and search Spoon Mob and you'll see kind of our logo come up. It's the orange and white logo. Or you can go through the link in our Instagram bio through the link tree will get you where you need to go. Any link through previous stories um, that we posted for episodes too as well with those expire, I think after 24 hours. But we do earmark the latest episode in our highlight section of our Instagram bio. So you can click there and go through it and get there too as well. So there's a bunch of different ways to do it, but uh, make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button, whatever the platform's using. That way all the new episodes just drop straight in your feed and you get full access to the back catalog, right? 120 episodes, 121 now. So a lot of episodes to catch up on, some repeat guests, a bunch of different people from across restaurant ownership and wine and just kind of also, you know, seafood purveyors and cheesemongers and all this different stuff. So trying to reach out to different corners of the hospitality world and not just always have, you know, wine directors or beverage directors and, and chefs on and stuff like that. We want to kind of branch out to as well and have interesting conversations with interesting people who care about what they're doing or super passionate about it. This is going to be the last mini update episode for a few weeks. I'm sure we'll have more scheduled as we get into kind of late summer, early fall. There's a bunch of restaurants, a um, bunch of people that are involved with opening new concepts and stuff. So I'm sure we're going to have some people back on. It'll be a bunch of new episodes coming out for, you know, we'll keep you updated when anybody's going to return and, and put that episode out. But uh, yeah, excited for all the new episodes too as well that are coming up. Without any further delay, here is my conversation with sommelier Greg Stokes, the owner of Accent Wine and now the Bottle Shop here in Columbus, Ohio. Since the last time you were on this podcast, Accent officially opened. You left uh, Veritas for a little bit, went to Lindy's, ran their beverage program, and then you eventually bought the Bottle Shop, all while the Accent uh, Wine Shop was still open and putting on events and stuff like that. So kind of how all did that happen? What kind of led to you purchasing the bottle shop? Yeah, it's been kind of a crazy year if I look back and think about it. I had heard rumors that the bottle shop was uh, coming up for sale. And I actually, I knew the previous owner, Barbara. And I remember talking to Barbara back when quarantine was happening and kind of visited the shop. And I saw all the things that she was doing. Bottle shop always had this kind of a cocktail culture. But, you know, she, the previous owner, had always really loved wine. And so during COVID, she invested heavily into the wine program. You know, she was like, well, if I'm going to go out of business because of this thing, I might as well go out of business with the business that I truly want to run. So, I mean, at that point, you know, like, I just remember this is like before Accent opened. And I thought it was like, this is the best wine program in Columbus. When I heard the rumors that it was up for sale, I didn't want to just be like, hey, Barb, I heard a rumor. That'd be pretty rude. And I didn't have time to deal with it because I was studying for the MS exam. because That was like in July of last year. I went to Portland to take an attempt at the master tasting exam. I uh, was not successful, but that's how that goes. And then literally the day that I'm flying back, 
from Portland, which is like Labor Day weekend, a news article came out in which they were like, oh yeah, it's officially listed for sale. And so as soon as I got back, I called Barb up and I said, hey, so what's the deal? And we started negotiating. And so it was crazy. I had no intention, I think, at that time of like buying a business or trying to start anything. God knows I'm, I'm busy enough already, but talking to her, the price was right. And so, yeah, we put together the whole deal and found financing and closed on it by the week of Thanksgiving. Pretty much have kept it the same, aside from maybe some tweaks here or there for the beverage list and, and some building maintenance, right? Like it's pretty much still the way it was. Yeah. I mean, it's a really cool concept. I really love it. The building is divided into two spaces where one space is a carry out with a reach in coolers and a beer cave and then a bunch of retail shelves. And then the other side is where they built a bar uh, with a lot of uh, soft seating. And then there's a patio out front. And so I just thought it was a great business model. Coming out of COVID, I think we've all realized that the hybrid on-premise, off-premise model is really, really appealing. And so it was already a great concept. So, I mean, we're just trying to refine it, but keep going with that. You know, you can come in and have a really great artisanal cocktail or get a bottle of natural wine or drink some burgundy on the patio or take it home. What would you say like the main differences are between your two properties now, Accent and the bottle shop? They're so different. And that's what kind of is so much fun. Like I always love running like different programs because every program should have its own personality. Accent is definitely a more curated, tighter selection. I mean, there's only about 250 to 300 wines from all around the world. And there's definitely some more luxury price points in there. If we want to kind of be able to use Accent as a stage to tell the stories of what we think are some of the best wines in the world. Although obviously trying to also have some affordable options. Bottle Shop to me, as far as the wine program is concerned, under the previous ownership always leans pretty heavily natural wine. I don't think that we have to be dogmatic about it. It is kind of a really nice niche, which is totally different from what Accent is doing. So we're kind of keeping it very natty with also, you know, some also some tasty bottles that have responsible farming peppered in. With Accent, you basically designed it from the ground up, full build out, all that stuff of the space. The bottle shop was already existing, like it was already established, already had decor, a theme, a vibe. Does that aspect alone, coming in and being an owner and not having to design the whole thing, does that change your mindset from a business perspective, like how you look at the business and how you approach the business? Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, the great thing about the bottle shop is that accent, we wanted it to be hospitable. So it's a very much a living room vibe, but it's like this very like classy aspirational atmosphere versus I think the whole thing about the bottle shop is it feels lived in, which I love. Like I love dive bars and this is like my wife jokes around that this is sort of like the dive bar that I always wanted. It's definitely a neighborhood fixture. And I think that it's important. A good friend of mine was really excited to hear that I purchased it. And he's like, hey, listen, whatever you do, make sure that you don't lose its soul. And so, I mean, we are doing some upgrades. I mean, so far, it's been investing a lot in equipment to make the bartenders' lives easier and to increase the quality of what we're doing. I am going to start working on the interior design here in the next month or so. But already working with the design team there is, hey, let's spruce it up a bit. But let's make sure it has that really lived in unique feel. What was the one thing after you purchased the bottle shop that, you know, once you got in there and you were looking around, you're like, 
I got to change this. Like, this has got to go. Like, was it an ice machine? Was it the bathroom? Like, what was that one thing that you just saw immediately? And you're like, nope, that, this is for sure. I'm changing this. I changed the ice machine for sure. It was just putting out like the classic, like McDonald's pressing cubes. So we upgraded that to um, a cold draft machine with a nice big square cubes. And the other thing that was crazy was like, there was no dishwasher or dump sink behind the bar. Actually, yeah, so the dump sink was probably the most egregious. The bartenders were dumping their shakers into a trash can. And I was like, oh my God. So yeah, we shut down for the first week in January and I just got the plumbers in. We had to open up the wall, like reroute pipes and electricians to move stuff around. And it was, it was a whole thing. But so that was like the first thing it had to go, I think was like, we had to redo all the plumbing behind the bar. How has the reception been so far from, you know, the longtime loyal patrons, you know, since you've taken over, have they embraced what little changes you've made so far and stuff that you're going to make in the future? Have there been any pushback against any ideas that you've had? So far, everyone's been really enthusiastic. Listeners may not be aware, but the bottle shop had had a, a staff walkout last summer. I believe that Barbara's desire to sell was not related to that, but it probably helped her timeline. But not getting into the reasons why there was a walkout. I think there was a lot of people who were kind of boycotting, but waiting to come back. So, I mean, the day that I bought it and I was there, people started coming in like, oh my God, we're so glad that you bought it because we really love this place, but we were staying away. So, so far, I'm really, really happy with the reception. It's We've been kind of greeted with open arms. August last year, you went and took the tasting part of the master exam in Portland. Obviously, you said you, know, you mentioned uh, you didn't pass that portion, but where do you stand with it now? What's kind of the next avenue, next thing you have to do for it? So I'm sitting again uh, this year. Um, this is my last year on the clock. So if I don't pass this year, which they're doing the exam this year, uh, Labor Day, if I don't pass, then I'll reset. And then I'll have to do some thinking as to whether I want to do it again. I love the challenge of it, but I think that, you know, priorities change. I think that by sitting for the master's sommelier examination, I got the thing that I wanted out of it already, which was self-confidence. And I've always been, had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder of, yeah, you're like one of the better wine people in central Ohio, but that's just central Ohio. So to be able to, and I've always had a little bit of an imposter syndrome problem. So I think, you know, I was looking for that self-confidence. And so I realized actually when I was standing in the room in Portland this year, you know, standing in a room of 40 people who were at the top of the game, you know, sommeliers from 11 Madison Park and Canlis. And the dude from Canlis, Chris Gata, he's awesome. Everyone loves him. And it's taken him over 10 years to pass. And he finally passed this year. And I didn't pass. And I looked at my friend from 11 Madison Park. Um, he and I have known each other for a few years. And we didn't pass. And I was like, well, I just got... I guess we have a little bit more work to do. But the fact that I felt comfortable and a part of that room, I think that's the most I could ever want out of it. At this point, I don't necessarily need the feather in my cap anymore. And some people want the MS because they think it's going to be like cool. It's going to get them a really awesome job. But, you know, I own a couple of successful businesses now with the goal of maybe opening a couple of more. So um, at this point, I don't think I need the piece of paper other than the maybe to prove some ego down the road, but I got twins on the way. And so it's going to take a little bit of time for me. Did you figure out whose side? I think usually it's the maternal side. I think that the the lineage for twins trickles down on, but did you guys do any research on that? 
Yeah, no, it's it's my wife's side. She sort of spoke it into existence. We were sitting there at the first ultrasound and just she wait, I bet it's gonna be twins. And then uh there it was, baby B. That was like my biggest fear was like just doing the first one and then just they're being like, Oh, guess what? There's another head behind this one. Once you figure out just like the routine makes it a lot easier, but it's just getting adjusted to that. That's kind of probably the, the biggest hurdle. I'm sure you'll figure it out. It's what everybody tells me, but I'm, I'm excited to figure it out. Like everything else in life. You did uh, some wine classes so far. I think you're gonna do some more in the fall once you get some more time. So how have you kind of pick and choose, you know, your regions, your themes for those that you're doing? Yeah, the wine classes have been so much fun. I mean, we started those last year and we took a little break for the holidays while I had to put together the bottle shop deal. And those are a lot of fun. So we do them for like 16 people. And it's kind of a little bit informed, I guess, by what I have on hand. Sometimes because I've always like tried with accent. And even back when I was at Veritas, um, I mean, fine wine's an expensive thing. And so we always tried to democratize it as much as we could. So whether it was at Veritas and we poured DRC by the ounce at break-even pricing, or you're now at like when I started the classes at Accent, I was like, man, I have all this like cool wine. Like I've got some like shove hanging around and oh, here's some really dope grain through Alsace Riesling that unless I force somebody into it, nobody's ever going to like walk in and be like, yes, that's what I want. So I was like, cool. So let's open up the bottles. So if we can just get a group of people to amortize the cost, like let's open up some crazy cool stuff. And that was kind of how that got started was partially like what I had on hand and like, so like icon bottles that I wanted to open. Partially also because I wanted to try them and been a bit. And so I'm like, hey, you guys want to help me drink this? Um, it's just kind of taken on a little life of its own now. So now it's just kind of a, we tasted something really, really cool. And so, all right, let's do a class on that. I'm super excited right now about Portuguese wines. So I was like, all right, we're going to do a Portuguese and Greek wine class. People always ask me to do the champagne class. I think we've done that like four or five times now, which is always fun. Back when you were at Veritas, you know, you did a bunch of wine dinners. I think you guys even hosted a wine producer so far at the bottle shop. More items like that on the way, more events like that you plan on doing there? Yeah, for sure. I see the greatest opportunity for growth at the bottle shop is probably to continue to grow the wine program. Again, I think it's a really cool wine program already, but just to continue to push that forward, there's an upper limit on how many cocktails you can shake, but you can always sell more cases of wine out the door. And so, yeah, we're working, we're definitely working on that. I'm actually working on starting a uh, wine festival this summer. So we're doing a Columbus Natural Wine Festival, which will get announced here soon. I'm just waiting for a contract from the Columbus uh, Downtown Development Commission to shut a couple of streets down and have some fun with that. And so, yeah, we definitely have some fun programming on the way. Accent is also currently doing, I think, some uh, blind tasting at home events, uh, partnership with Kendi and the Grape Grind, right? Are you guys still doing that? Yep, absolutely. We, as you and I talked before, you know, that was kind of how Accent got started was during the pandemic doing at home tastings through Veritas and growing enough of a, of a following that we decided to build a brick and mortar. So I thought it would be I've gotten a lot of emails of people who are like, hey, would you do this again? Like we kind of missed that format. I was like, yeah, I'm always down to, to have fun with it. But um, as you can imagine, time starts getting limited. The more projects you take on uh, between, you know, the two restaurants programs that I still run and then, you know, both these spaces and the twins on the way and all the other and natural wine fest and everything else coming up. 
I had, you know, done a, a tasting with Kendi before. And so I knew she's been really great about doing uh, wine education. So and I know she was looking to kind of grow her business. So I was like, this is perfect. So I called her up and I said, Hey, like, would you want to take the football on this and, and help kind of grow this blind tasting at home following? So yeah, we're in month two now. Uh, we were actually just filming this morning because uh, like every kit, like you get like a QR code so that you can actually like after you do the tasting, you can watch a recording of, of Andy talking through how it all works. And uh, so we were just filming that this morning, actually. What else is on the horizon? Obviously, the twins, which is going to take up a, a bunch of your time over the course of the summer. You got the bottle shop, your fine tuning accent is just kind of running, humming along. But you mentioned a couple other ideas you have uh, in the pipeline for potential future businesses, but you know what else you got going on aside from all that stuff that you kind of just mentioned? I was able to, you know, I'm still um, helping uh, Josh Dalton uh, run the wine program over at Veritas. When I ha- and I wrote the, the wine program for his new restaurant spec, did a lot of the staff training and tried to get that rolling. So that one's humming along. I mean, that's just like, specs turning into a machine it's great and still studying trying to pull all this off and still take the master exam on labor day and then i got the twins coming in uh fourth of july we think you're a busy guy and you got a lot of stuff going on but it's cool to see the success of accent since it's you know opened and the bottle shop which i haven't been in a while i think we went once a couple years ago it might have been pre-covid before just because king ab is not it's never been the easiest area for us to get to, no matter where we've lived. Like it's always been a thing. So that's just always kind of like the one area of town that we never wind up in too, too much. Yeah, that's the cool thing about the bottle shop. And, you know, as I was thinking about like the way that we're going to improve it, the thing that I always had to bear in mind is that it's a very urban area. Uh, and what I mean by that is parking is definitely at a premium. It was always, I think you have to recognize that whereas accent, downtown there's lots of parking garages around you can make it kind of a destination the bottle shop over on king avenue has to be it has to be a neighborhood place first and foremost i mean we have so many people who walk here so we get like medical students that come from the osu medical center grad students from osu then we have everybody from over in the short north and victorian village and then at night maybe when the parking clears out that's when we start turning into a service industry bar definitely more of a neighborhood vibe, which which I'm here for. A long time ago, I actually worked in this neighborhood at a building right across the street. So it's kind of nice to come back to it. I'm working on trying to get uh, champagne on tap. So hopefully I'll have that finished by the time you come in. I have this really stupid idea of just taking two cases of champagne and dumping it into a keg and putting it on draft. Yeah, we'll definitely be you know stopping in and making the trip over there uh, just to check out kind of what's been going on since we were last in there and and obviously, uh, Accent is always a place that we could stop into and the wine programs at Veritas and Spec are always great too. Whenever we make it to those places, uh, there's always something interesting and unique on there too as well. So, but yeah, I'm sure we'll be seeing you soon over at the bottle shop. I'll look forward to it. Big thanks again to Greg for coming back on the podcast, taking some time out of his busy day, uh, kind of getting the bottle shop, uh, reorganized there. 
it's always awesome to chat with Greg and he's been super hospitable and always down to chat uh, whenever, even if it's not on the podcast, uh, whenever we kind of run into each other. So I'm sure we'll be running into him some more. Like he said, uh, the Natural Wine Fest, those tickets are on sale now. So you can either go through, I think, Accent or the Bottle Shop. Uh, They both have links within their Instagram bios, but uh, there's posts too as well on their page. You can go to Eventbrite and then just type in Columbus Natural Wine Fest. I think tickets are like 35 bucks. And then there's some additional fees, but it's one to five on uh, Columbus Commons on, I think, Saturday, July 8th. So it'll be pretty awesome to make it down there. Uh, I'm planning on making it down there myself uh, for a little bit too as well. So, you know, if you see us out and about, say hi. But um, yeah, looking forward to checking out the first uh, natural wine festival here in Columbus that we've had. That'll be pretty awesome. Again, you can follow Greg on Instagram at Sebasom. Also follow at Accent Wine and then also at the Bottle Shop Columbus for any news updates, um, any future events, tasting events, all that stuff too as well. Check out those websites too as well. There's a bunch of different stuff that they got going on. Make sure to check out our website, spoonmob.com. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at spoonmob is our handle. And then also make sure to follow, subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast platform that you use. But that is it for this week. Appreciate everybody listening. If you're new, welcome. If you've been here for a while, thank you for your continued support. Appreciate everybody who continues to kind of help spread the word and, and recommend different people that we should reach out to and have on the podcast. And it's great to kind of build that kind of network and have kind of some of those referrals and things of like uh, that nature that uh, have been coming our way. So uh, appreciate everybody who's been doing that and continues to do so. And hopefully uh, you guys have been enjoying everything we've been doing bunch of cool stuff on the way. So big thank you to all the guests so far, whether they're just one-off guests or returning or, you know, all that stuff. It's really cool to kind of build out uh, the episodes and kind of touch on different aspects of the industry. So we'll continue to do so, but that is it for this week. And we will talk to you guys next week on Thursday.